Now, this guy they might be trying to silence. My next guest is Jack Windsor. Jack Windsor is, of course, uh, the editor-in-chief and the founder of the extraordinarily informative uh, Ohio Press Network. He is uh, also the uh, Statehouse correspondent for us on AM 1420, The Answer, covering what's going on in the Statehouse in Columbus. Jack Windsor, uh, you they might be trying to silence. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I know that uh, I've already been silenced by elected officials in the state of Ohio, and I know for a fact that some of our news reports get pushed down the news feed uh, at places like Facebook, uh, previously Twitter, uh, and I'm certain that Google uh, doesn't like what we produce. So, uh, touche, I think you've got a point there, Bob. Well, we know that for a fact, Jack, because our podcast, Talking Smack with Bob and Jack, which has run into a couple of technical difficulties, by the way. We didn't have an, a, a, a broadcast on Monday, and I apologize for that. Um, but we certainly know that when it comes to Google, that's the case, because Google owns YouTube, and our podcast was also hosted on YouTube, and at least two of our first 12 episodes have been taken down and removed, we are told, because we discussed, even in passing, the illegitimacy of the stolen election of 2020. rather. Um, apparently if you discuss stolen elections or if you talk about election fraud anywhere with an earshot or eye shot of the algorithms that Google uses for their platform and for their, their video platform, which is YouTube, apparently that is grounds for goodbye. And we found that out uh, already. Yeah, we found that out the hard way. You know, it's a really disturbing and disgusting trend. Um, you can't get out in front of mainstream. You can't get out in front of big tech. And I'll give you an example. I know someone who's written some articles for us who um, wrote something to the Wall Street Journal, and the Wall Street Journal would not publish it, basically called him a, a hoaxer or a huckster. Uh, now, two or three months later, they're publishing the information. So what we talked about is legitimate. Uh, big tech absolutely uh, censored people who had views or opinions or information that was different from what they wanted the general population to see. And they took it down. And that was a big deal. So was the fact that they did not want Hunter Biden's laptop story out there. Like it or not, those things are real. But big tech doesn't want Americans to understand that yet. On their time, they will. And it'll probably be when there are congressional hearings into the matters uh, in the months ahead. Yeah, I, yeah, that's probably exactly what will happen. We're talk, talking to Jack Windsor, the editor and founder of uh, the Ohio Press Network. So, Jack, let's get into the big stories of the core of, of the day right now. And of course, we're going to start with the speaker steal of 2023 that you and I have discussed. You finally put a piece. I shouldn't say finally. That's derogatory. No, you put it. You. you put it. You put an in-depth piece. No, it's and I see why you you wanted to put a lot of time into this, Jack. An in-depth piece out on uh, the selection of uh, Jason Stevens to be the new speaker by the Republicans, at least 22 of them teaming with 32 Democrats in order to make this happen. <clears throat> and your headline of your, your piece is bipartisan, bipartisanship or betrayal. Uh, and it's a really good question because the, the gang of 22 would indeed say, hey, look, we're just re- being bipartisan. You know, we need to reach out. We got to, you know, the speaker, by the way, is going to be the speaker for the Democrats as well. He's going to be the leader of the entire Ohio House. So we have to consider that as well. But I think for most Republicans who wanted to see constitutional conservatism be returned to the state of Ohio and not just be a red state in name only. They were looking forward to something a little bit more than that, and they're the ones who feel betrayed. So bipartisanship or betrayal, give me the the thumbnail answer to that question. 
Yeah, I think the thumbnail answer to that question depends on um, <laughs> which party you are in, which faction of which party you are in, and where your contributions come from. I mean, it's really that simple. There are 45 Republicans, um, which is a majority, a two-to-one majority, uh, in the Ohio House who believe that Derek Maron should be Speaker and that Jason Stevens taking the gavel has absolutely zero to do with bipartisanship. Um, the Democrats will call it bipartisanship because they'll say, look, we didn't have a snowball's chance in Hades at getting anything favorable. And, Bob, they didn't. There are 67 uh, Republicans in the state house. It's supermajority uh, in the House of Representatives. And they have a supermajority in the Senate. And they have uh, a Republican, at least in name, in the governor's chair. So the Republicans didn't need one affirmative vote from Democrats. So it kind of begged the question, well, why make a deal? And it's the interesting part about this piece. It's really in-depth. I would encourage everybody to get to the Ohio Press Network to read it, Bipartisanship or Betrayal. Make up your own mind. Um, but one of the things that you really can't get over is the fact that even though Republicans who voted for Jason Stevens, and there are 22 of them, even though they are denying, hey, there were no deals, there were no deals, the Democrats actually seem to be honest in this endeavor, and they're saying, well, yeah, there was a deal. There was, there was a collaborative effort, and uh, the House Minority Leader, Allison Russo, even said as such that, um, you know, Jason Stevens, what she said was they needed our votes, meaning he needed our votes in order to get this over the finish line, and we realized that we could use that opportunity to get some stuff that we wanted. So um, I, I, is it bipartisanship? I, I don't know. It's, it's allowing the Democrats in uh, to do the things that they wanted to do. And I want to read this. I know it's going down into the weeds uh, pretty good, but, but I think this was really important. I didn't, I didn't catch it the first time I actually published it, but I had time to ruminate on it. I talked to Hudson uh, Democrat, Representative Casey Weinstein, and, you know, he was talking about how it was bipartisan and how he was happy because an extremist like Derek Maron was not going to get elected speaker. And I asked him, right, like, can, can you define extreme? And he said, extreme means to me the most radical MAGA voices who care nothing for bipartisanship or for the majority of Ohioans who sent us here to work together to deliver results for them. A Maron speakership was going to empower the most extreme voices in the GOP caucus, including those who want to gut funding for our public schools, further restrict women's rights, including abortion rights, increase attacks on marginalized communities. Communities It would have given enormous power to what he calls anti-vax and, quote, both sides of the Holocaust extremists. So now he's trying to partner anti-vax and not even anti-vax, people who want to, uh, you know, information on vaccines with these both sides of the Holocaust. But, Bob, all of that to say this, I read that quote and I went, wait a minute. This guy doesn't want bipartisanship. This guy wants to label anything that is opposed to the Democratic agenda and call it. Ex- oh, we lost Jack. <laughs> I started the interview talking about uh, them wanting to silence Jack Windsor and uh and boom, Jack Windsor's cell phone cuts out on us uh, right at the wrong time. Uh, Marianne, let me know when we have Jack back on the line. I'm here. Hi, can you oh. hear me, Bob? Oh, uh, yeah. You were gone for about a good, what, 15, 20 seconds there? Uh, <clears throat> which is hilarious because we were just talking about how they wanted to silence you. Your cell phone cuts uh, right in the middle of your point. 
So, Jack, let me follow up on what you were saying. <clears throat> it is an astounding revelation from Casey Weinstein, or Weinstein, however he pronounces it. It's an astounding revelation that anything that opposes the Democrats' progressive agenda will be labeled radical, MAGA, and, and, and extremism. And, and this is what the Republicans in the Gang of 22 partnered with. The Republicans gave this extreme, radical, left-wing platform, not platform, well, I guess platform that they would like to govern on, gave them power, gave them a say, gave them the moderate uh, speaker that they feel is going to be malleable enough to work with them in advancing their agenda. 22 Republicans just went Democrat. Is that an overstatement? No, it's not. But I would I would even take it a step further, Bob. I talked to a, a deep insider in, on Capitol Square, and he said they've betrayed every conservative voter activist and organization that has worked to establish and defend conservative principles. Why? Was it ideology? No. They betrayed them for 30 pieces of silver. And he said to me, this has nothing to do with ideology. That's a red herring argument. This has everything to do with power and money and appeasing the lobbyists. The lobbyists win here. The lobbyists are really happy. I'll tell you who's not happy, um, the 45 Republicans who feel like um, Ohio is a conservative state and that their constituents want a Derek Maron speakership. Well, there's no question about that. Let's talk about Derek Maron now. Let's trans, trans, uh, uh, transition over to that. Derek, I'll have him live, by the way, tomorrow. Derek Marin is going to be live with me tomorrow morning at, do I have a time on him yet? I think I do. 11 o'clock, 11.10. Right now, at the same time Jack Windsor is on, Derek Marin will join me live to talk about all of this and how it went down and where he goes from here. And, Jack, this is where he goes from here. The second big story on the Ohio Press Network right now, a meeting has been called by Derek Marin. Derek Marin wants to get together to discuss the direction of the uh, of the new Ohio House uh, of the of the new General Assembly. He wants to bring in Republicans to discuss the way they should uh, proceed, set goals and procedures, establish the House rules, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's only inviting the forty five who are not censured. The gang of twenty two is not invited here. In other words, Derek Marin is acting like. The hell with the vote. I am the speaker. I'm calling a meeting, and I'm going to bring everybody in who actually voted as they promised to for me, for the speakership, and we're going to lead those individuals who are actually committed to uh, what they said they were going to do. Um, this doesn't look much like unity, which is what Al Catrona and DJ Swearingen and Jay Edwards and all the others that you spoke to, John Cross, talked about the reason why they did what they did. Yeah, you know, the unity argument was a really tough one for me to understand. I pushed back on it a lot, especially with Jay Edwards. And the argument that I kept going back to simply was, what's bigger, 45 or 22? I mean, it's really that simple. If you're trying to pull people over the creek, you'd rather pull 22 over than 45, right? I mean, it's double the work. So to say that there's more unity and and less work and more cohesion, it just mathematically doesn't make sense. Um, and so my understanding is, you know, Derek Marin sent the memo and it contained exactly what you said. Uh, they are going to get together today to discuss um, matters of business rules for the 135th General Assembly. The other thing that they're going to talk about are the things are House Joint Resolution 6, which we heard was on the chopping block as part of the deal between the Republicans who voted for Stevens and the Democrats that colluded with them, uh, redistricting and uh, work with the Republican-led Senate. Now, sources tell me a couple of key things, Bob, about this meeting. Derek Maron wasn't necessarily the person behind it. 
Uh, one of his opponents was even involved in the process. Phil Plummer, who ran against him for speaker mm-hmm. in the caucus vote, uh, is was involved. I understand that Scott Wiggum is involved in this, and of course Derek is. Um, but sources told me a couple of key things. Um, not only did Jason Stevens cancel House sessions uh, due to lack of consensus. We talked about that. He canceled sessions last week. He's now canceled the Republican retreat that was on the books for January. When I talked to one lawmaker and said, tell me why, and he said, well, because he's not going to have 32 Democrats there to stand behind him. He has 45 people who oppose him and 22 who agree. So they canceled the retreat. Um, one lawmaker told me directly that Stevens has begun telling others that Representative Sarah Carruthers and John Cross, quote, don't speak for us, referring to the coup of 22. Uh, that, according to, I said, like I said, a GOP representative, he said it's due to brash behavior. Now, Bob, I think you've talked about uh, what you might call brash behavior or at least somewhat disrespectful, seemingly disrespectful behavior from John Cross on the air. Um, and it sounds like he's fallen uh, into disfavor with the coup of 22. Um, now, here's the crux of it, though. It will be interesting to see where this goes. Uh, Ohio law, it's section 3517.10, states that each political party shall have one legislative campaign fund. In this case, the House has one GOP fund. Now, according to the law, each campaign fund shall be administered and controlled in a manner designated by who? The caucus. And the caucus is defined as all of the members of the House of Representatives uh, of the same political party. So the real question is, Will the 45 Marin voters stick together? And if so, uh, it would appear they could potentially dictate what happens with the money. And I think the other argument is Stevens may say, well, wait a minute, I'm the speaker and I lead the caucus, so I direct the funds. I think we're going to have a little scrum for money coming down the, the pike, Bob. How much power does the speaker have over the caucus? If there is a majority of the caucus, if, let's say, 45, the 45, or a significant majority of them say, let's freeze out the 22 that that completely abandoned us and stabbed Derek Merritt in the back, and quite frankly, stabbed Ohio's constituents in the back. Um, if there is a majority, a significant majority of the caucus that wants to do this, can the speaker override them? I mean, it's not a, I can't imagine it would be, you know, such a monarchy within the caucus. Well, we have a representative Republican. You just hit the nail on the head. Um, the only way that there is, you know, a- absolutism, if you will, is when, for example, people before a House speaker vote say, even if my guy doesn't win, I'm going to vote for the winner uh, on January 3rd. And then after that vote, they unanimously agree. Um, that's that's where they would assimilate if they acquiesce if they give their vote. And in this case, even if they give their vote, it doesn't seem to mean a whole hill of beans, at least to 22 Republicans out of the 67. But I digress. So, no, he shouldn't have that uh, absolute authority over the caucus. Each person there, you know, I guess the goal of the caucus is to have alignment and to understand where there is agreement so that when you get on the floor, you can do the things that you know are, are able to get done. And so if 45 members of the caucus are a majority Good luck. I mean, I think those right. 45 wield the power right now. If you uh, want a piece of legislation over the finish line, you better damn well do what we want to do. We is, cannot is have a dictatorship. Yeah, we cannot have a dictatorship being run within the bounds of a representative republic. Uh, that That's yep. that's insane. Uh, Jack Windsor, I've got two more for you, but we're out of time yep. here for now. Can you hang on through the news? 
Yeah, man. For sure. Okay, we're going to talk about the new Ohio voter ID law and the lawsuit filed by the Democrats to stop it from taking uh, taking taking hold, if you will, or taking effect in the state of Ohio. Um, and we're also going to discuss COVID nineteen and uh, a couple of very important issues that Jack and his team have written about, also for the Ohio Press Network. Check it out while you're on hold and while you're waiting uh, at the OhioPressNetwork dot com. And we'll come right back after the news at eight fourteen twenty the answer. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and Keeping Medicare Simple. Okay, 11.36 now, Always Right Radio, continuing with uh, Jack Windsor. Check out his work and his team's work at uh, theohiopressnetwork.com. Jack, two stories still to discuss. Uh, Probably have to uh, trim them down just a little bit to get them both in. But let's talk about the new voter ID law, and let's talk about the new lawsuit. You wrote about this. Uh, Mark Elias, Democratic Party elections lawyer, has sued the state of Ohio over the new voter ID law, which would require a photo identification in order to cast a vote in person. Uh, in any Ohio election, and that could be a state driver's license. It could be a state ID card, and this is the best part about it. Um, the law allows the state ID cards to be issued for free to any person 17 and over. It automatically defeats arguments that say requiring voter ID is like a poll tax because some people can't afford to go and get a driver's license or an ID. They make it free. There is no reason whatsoever people cannot do this. What's the basis of the lawsuit, Jack? All right, did we lose Jack? Uh, I mean, Christmas. All right. Uh, Bob, can you hear me? Yep, you there, Jack? I'm here. Are we good now? Yeah, we just need to get you a new phone or a new plan. Uh, Go ahead. Big brother. No, no, no. I think we've got big brother going going on. All right, so according to the Legislative Service Commission, the law, uh, it defines photo ID as unexpired Ohio driver's license, state ID card, interim ident- identification form, U.S. passport or passport card, or military ID card that includes the individual's name and photograph. So what the law does is it allows one drop pot box per county, changes from seven to four the number of days after an election a voter has to prove identity that wasn't proven at the polls, and it shortens the time frame during which a voter may apply for and cast absentee ballots. As you mentioned, it allows uh, ID cards to be issued for free. It eliminates August special elections and early voting on the Monday before the election day, which Secretary of State Frank LaRose said will better allow county boards of elections to prepare for Tuesday elections. Now, Mark Elias, as you mentioned, filed a lawsuit. Real quickly, let's figure out who Mark Elias is. For anyone who is still unsure, he's the Democratic Party election lawyer, activist, and founder of Democracy Docket. He filed a lawsuit challenging Ohio's new voter ID on Friday. Now, Elias's law firm, it lost a ballot box observer lawsuit in Arizona during the November general election. And remember, this is the guy who was Hillary Clinton's top campaign lawyer during her run for the presidency in 2016. He's the operative who commissioned the infamous Steele dossier, which was at the heart of the Russia collusion hoax Democrats used to try to unseat President Trump. And he worked to force a lot of those state election law changes during the 2020 elections um, that many uh, critics say were responsible for the total chaos uh, during those elections. But look, CNN survey says 64 percent of voters favor voter ID laws um, and NPR, PBS, 
Mars poll showed that 79% of voters believe government-issued voter ID should be required to vote. 57% of them are Democrats. So this bill should be a slam dunk, um, all with everybody except for Mark Elias and, you know, the Democrats who don't want fair elections, uh, critics say, uh, but just want to get the blue crayon out and uh, make sure that blue is all over the map in the state of Ohio. Bob, can you hear me? Jack, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, we continue to have gremlins, I guess, uh, Jack. Jack, can you um, c- can you tell me why they caved on the one Dropbox? Uh, it's better than before, but even having one Dropbox, why can they not just say people come in and vote in person? I- if they have a Dropbox, it is liable to be filled with Lord only knows what, how many what manner of things. And unless even if it's um, even if it's monitored by video. Uh, people can still get away with things. Oh, look at that. The video wasn't recording at that time. How many times have we seen that, Jeffrey Epstein? Why wasn't the video recording going when people were stuffing this Dropbox full, full of, uh, you know, multiple ballots? I just, if there's any room for fraud, I feel like it will be taken advantage of and fraud will happen. Yeah, I think we have to really get to the morrow of the issue. And I don't think that um, Republicans are willing to do that. And Democrats, as you know, are seldom willing to give up one inch of ground. So I think it probably was done in the spirit of, well, we need to give them something. And, you know, Mike DeWine, when he signed the bill, said, you know, there were more restrictive bills that could have been signed. I'm glad that this is the one that came through. So it seems like he may not have even uh, been in support of that. But, you know, Bob, we I think we've talked about this off air. It's always interesting to me. Elias's group said, that um, Ohio's new voter suppression, he calls it voter suppression law, and he argues that the law imposes discriminatory burdens on the fundamental right to vote. I mean, the elephant in the room we have to talk about is, okay, then how do people get their prescriptions filled? How do they rent a car? How do they get on an airplane? How do they go to a club? How do they buy cigarettes or liquor or authorize a Facebook profile or flash your ID to get into your college housing or an athletic contest? It's just, you know, it seems like there are a lot of red herring arguments that get stickers on them. And that sticker is voter suppression or discriminatory. And when those words get used, it seems like Republicans scatter a lot. Yeah, that's you're exactly right. That is exactly what happens. Uh, Jack, we've got time barely here uh, to get one more story, and this is on COVID. Now, this is a pretty big uh, deep dive that uh, that you guys have done here. Uh, tell us, and by the way, not, I'm sorry. I did not mean to say COVID. I mean to say specifically the number of people who are, are dying suddenly and dropping over. It is believed by many to be the result of the COVID shots. I shouldn't say that as if it's a, uh, you know, an established fact already. By the way, Damar Hamlin, uh, the uh, Buffalo Bills player who touched off a national discussion over this, uh, has just been released. I just came across my screen, just been released from a Buffalo hospital. He's home now. So that is, that is terrific news. But uh, do you want to touch on this for about a minute and a half? Yeah, and I'm going to actually do a plug here. This story was written um, by Lisa Murtha. Lisa is a super fantastic writer. And I'm going to encourage all of your listeners, Bob, if you are not yet subscribing to the Ohio Press Network, please do so. We have a group and a junket of writers who just work their tails off, and they put it on the line every day. This is a story that is not going to be popular. It's really going to make some people uncomfortable. But that's news, and that's good news, because our job is to bring people the unbridled truth. And that's what this story does. And really what it does is it takes DeMar Hamlin's awful situation. You know, that was one of those things where a lot of people were watching. It was a primetime Monday night game. Everybody was tuned in. And you saw a guy 
die essentially on the field had had the uh, group of people been there the medical professionals had they not been there to revive him who knows what would have happened i think we we expect the worst case scenario would have happened but we have to really start talking about some of the uncomfortable statistics with this jab and i will i will say two things about this story i'm going to encourage everybody to read it on their own number one lisa murtha says it out of the gate um demar hamlin is not the story he's the victim and we need to start looking at the story that re- that way. And I think, to me, the most compelling part of the story, it's chock full of compelling moments, but is a Reuters opinion piece that was written December 20th, 2022. And it indicates that, uh, let's see, more uh, people who have been injured from the COVID vaccine, it more than tripled from 2300 to 7544 between 2021 and 2022. That is why um, that is why long term studies that we had all been talking about needed to be conducted before anything was approved. Long term studies. And that's still not even a long enough term. Jack, we're out of time, my friend. We'll pick this conversation up in our next Talk and Smack with Bob and Jack uh, podcast. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.